Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Position on Sports Talk Show. Posts live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Position on Sports Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans, from the perspective of fans, presented by lifelong sports fans. We will provide our opinions and positions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg, and I got my fellas with me, got my partners in crime, What's going on, Big Ed? How you feeling this evening? I feel good, man. Good to be back. Good to see everybody smiling faces. What's up, Sense J3, Professor J? Yeah, Big Raj, ready to rock and roll. Let's do this. Let's get it. Let's get it. Since he made the introduction, of course, we have our uh, normal correspondent who's with us more often than he's not these days, and we're always glad to have him. We got Sense in the building. What's going on, Sense? How you feeling, my What's brother? Good, fellas? Ed, Big Red, J3, Prof. Welcome. To, um, glad to be back. Let's, let's get it. J3, how you feeling? Feeling great. Good evening, fellas. How y'all doing? Let's get good, it. Good, man. Good to see you, man. Yes, sir. You good? You good? Look like you ready for a nap, J3. Nah, That's that comfy cat, that comfy chair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> you can't find them these days, so I'm definitely jealous. <laughs> and last but definitely not least, the professor's in the building. What's going on, Professor J? How you feeling, my brother? Hey, what's up, Big Reg? What's up, fellas, man? I'm feeling dynamite. Glad to be back in my own little chair. Don't look like a J3s, but I'm still comfy, <laughs> okay? But y'all know how we do. Praise the Lord. Let's yes, get sir. it. Yes, All sir. right, let's hit it. This evening, we're going to do the NBA Finals. We got to talk about UFC 264. I think Connor may be done, fellas. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. Wrap up the NHL Stanley Cup, and J3's winner came through, as he said they would. A few other topics that caught our attention during the week. Of course, back by popular demand, the professor's post takes, and, of course, our final post of the evening. As always, we appreciate you for tuning in. Sit back, relax, enjoy posts on the Positional Sports Talk Show channel. So, fellas, when we left last week, we hadn't had game one. We all had our theories of what we thought this series would look like. And it's uh, been an interesting start to the series. It, it, it seems like uh, Milwaukee has a little issue about playing on the road. And CP3 is trying not to have it, but let's let, 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 let's break them down game by game. Game one, Phoenix Suns beat the Milwaukee Bucks 118-105. Highlight of this game for me, fellas, Chris Paul set the tone early and often and made sure that the Suns was going to get off to a good start. What y'all think about game one? Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he found a fountain of youth, 36 where? I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, whew. I, I just sincerely hope he uh, <laughs> declines that option to return to the Suns so he could uh, go play with his boy in L.A. Oh, man. Really? Oh, He's he starting he already? Come on, man. He's starting ran Milwaukee out the gym that first and second game. Plain and simple. They looked at film and realized they got to slow the ball down to stop stop Phoenix in order for them to win. And then they realized that they got the height advantage. 
So I'm not going to go into the third or the fourth game, but that's exactly what happened. Well, I was impressed with Chris Paul. First of all, just just a just a slight recap. I I did not say Chris Paul was not a superstar. I just said he wasn't recognizable. <laughs> I said he was. I said he wasn't recon- outside of the average basketball fan. His his recognition is a little down compared to the mega stars like LeBron and Kobe. Uh, rest his soul. That's what I said, but. Obviously, we the people sitting right here that I'm looking at right now, we all know that he is a superstar, and he did exactly what he was supposed to do in the first game. He set the tone. He let them young boys know, say, look, this is our series. This is our home. This is how we play basketball, and this is what we're going to do. But actually, Chris Paul has been doing that for the whole playoff series, to be honest, which that he's played because he was hurt for a few games uh, earlier in, in, in um, these playoffs. Um, but he did exactly what he was supposed to do, um, and – I was just curious to see how long he could maintain that pace moving forward in the series. And I'm sure we'll get into games two and three in a, in a couple seconds. But um, <clears throat> the first game went as good as, as well as I thought that, that it should go. And I, th- and I, and I clearly thought that Phoenix um, is headed in the right direction as far as winning this series, despite what we're going to talk about in game three. So, yeah. About what I expected for game one. Well, well, and I mean, if, if uh, we're gonna let Stephen A. you know give his apology and kind of reiterate yes, yes, what he yes, actually yes, meant, right? Yes, and yes. I don't let you slide with the Chris yes, Paul yes, thing. Yes. It's all good. We forget. <laughs> you know, you, y'all know I've been on the Bucks bandwagon this entire year, so I can't switch up now. Even though I would love to see Chris Paul win. Watching those first two games were maddening because I felt like Barkley and many of the others that kept calling the Bucks the stupidest team in the world because they didn't take advantage of their size in the series early on. And I kept saying that you guys have a dominant advantage. Put Aiton in foul trouble. I said that in games one and game two, they came out in game three. What they do? They put Aiton in foul trouble. If you can get him out, they're not rebounding. They're not dominating the paint. They're not shot blocking. That's all they have. I mean, respect to to Crowder, but at this point in his career, he's a three-point shooter. You know, he comes off, rolls off the picks and everything, and he's wide open for a three. He hit like four of them the other night, even though they still got blown out. But I think that the adjustment – that they made in game three, yes, they were at home, and I think they'll be able to do the same thing again in game four. What's going to be interesting is when the series comes down to just those three games and how both teams will adjust to each other because you know that Monty is not going to let the same thing happen that happened in game three. The Bucs will still win, but it won't be a blowout. And I think going into, you know, games five, six, and seven, because I already said it's going to go seven, I think we're going to see a lot more from Giannis as opposed to imposing his will. What I like is that you saw a more aggressive Giannis. He was over on that sideline yelling at his dudes, trying to get them into the game, all of that. That's something we didn't see from people like Kawhi Leonard. I know you love the claw, but you just don't see him over there trying to get everybody motivated and stuff like that. And I love to see what he did to get them hyped and into the game. And y'all got to love my man, Bobby Portis, man. He is a people's champ. He is the crowd favorite. He gives them energy. And I think as long as he can keep coming in there off the bench, providing that energy, it's going to be real hard for booking them boys to kind of turn the tables on them. But it's going seven. It's going seven. Well, I picked the Bucks at the beginning of the season, so I'm going to roll with them. But – 
I think a a, a, a injury that most people think was a insignificant injury happened in game one that changed this series. Because in game one, DeAndre Ayton dominated Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. He had 22 points, 19 rebounds. But he was able to do that because he had he knew he had Daryl Sarkic who could come off the bench, just mm-hmm. give him three to five minutes, do this thing, and then let Aiden get back in after a quick blow and keep doing his thing. When Sarkic went, went out and was lost for this series, that changed the series. And then game two, they lost Torrey Craig, another 6'9", 6'10", guy. So the Bucs been pretty lucky, you know, this playoff series. Every time they get down to a team, a, a star gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But I think every it's time. one of their own stars, too, though, Big Reg. Divincenzo plays better than, than no Collington, star. man. He played better than Collington. I know you ain't going to argue with me about that. Collington but, will come in and give you just a little bit every now and then. At least I could say he was more consistent than Collington or Covington, whatever his name is. But even with those injuries, I still think Phoenix, like, did still have a chance. I mean, what happened to campaign? Because those first two games he was going off. Like, Man, the, the third give love game, to Cam Jackson. Give the only love difference to North Carolina Cam Johnson. Johnson. The Cam. only difference between the first and second game and the third game was Phoenix was not hitting their shot the third game. They were missing a lot of threes. If they'd have made the majority of their threes, that game would have been a lot tighter and or it would they would have won that game. The Bucks missed a lot of shots. I didn't say they didn't. I'm just saying that because of the score, that's the reason why they got blew out the way they did. That's all. Here, here's here's the here's the problem with Phoenix. Because it's more. I, I still I still pick them and pick the one pick gonna pick them to go ahead and win this series. But there needs to be something that needs to change. And the thing that needs to change is Devin Booker. Because if you go back to, to, to the Clippers series, when he broke his face, when Brevely broke, Brevely broke his face, nose, he ain't been the same. He ain't since. been the same since. You can look at his percentages. I bet you he's only shooting maybe 35. I know he's not shooting 40% from the field. That's true. Mm-hmm. And his aggressiveness is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And he's not comfortable with the mask on it. He tries not to wear the mask. He's just not comfortable. He's not the same player that he was prior, prior to that injury. And it's – that's the eyeball test. I'm not even digging into the, the the percentages and what he's shooting and what he's not doing as far as his, his aggressiveness. But this goes back to like when I talk about Giannis and Middleton. Chris Paul is a bona fide star in this league, but at this point in his life, in his basketball career, Devin Booker has to be that dog, just like just like Anthony Davis on the Lakers. Since when I when I when I go in on the Lakers. LeBron James is a generational all-time great talent, but at this point in his life, you gotta defer Anthony to Anthony Davis has to be that dog, just Absolutely. like Giannis. Giannis can't afford to let Chris Middleton do be anything but a three, the number third, two and a half option, maybe. And and you've seen that game. Giannis has played like an MVP this series. He he had 40 points in a game in a loss prior to game three. His his game three. Two was just as good as his game one, um, three, but they lost. But anyway, g- getting off track, 
Booker has to play better. He cannot have 10 points Absolutely. and expect him to win the game. Yeah. It, it can't happen. How about the undue pressure that got put on him by being compared yeah. to Kobe, Kobe Bryant? That was too unexpected. early. That was too, too early. early. Yes. Right. Yes. Too early premature. in his career. Definitely premature. Right. Yes. Um, do you think um, Monty was right to bench him in the fourth? He's hurt. Monty, Monty, Monty waved the white flag. He got hit in the nose yeah. again in, yeah, in game he three. Sure he mm-hmm. got hit in the nose in game two. That is stopping him from being aggressive and going to the basket because he's got to be aggressive, not take it all the way to the hole because, you know, he was doing that Chris Paul thing where he'd be out near the three-point line, drive in, and hit the elbow jumper shot or, or the mid-range and was killing people. He don't want to get hit anymore. So he's got to either do one or two things, deal with the pain and say the hell with it or put the mask back on. Yes. He can't do he, he can't play without the mask and then play soft. And the biggest switch I saw beside Giannis switch in game two, because Giannis, like Ed said, was the same in game two and game three. What they did in game three is Milwaukee got up in to the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. They got physical with everybody oh, yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing the Clippers did to them. Remember, the Clippers blew them out one game, and then the following game, the Suns came back and said, no, nah, okay. We, we understand if we're going to play like that, we're going to go ahead and play like that. But we ain't going to let y'all push us around. So they just got to make that switch. Milwaukee finally realized they got a height advantage. That's all they did was use it, use it to their advantage. And they could have been doing it the first two games. Yeah, but it wasn't just height. They literally pushing yeah, into it. Drew Holiday has been up in the CP3's yeah. ribs, three-quarters courts. They've been Tucker. up in Devin Booker's ribs mm-hmm. a whole lot, pushing on him. And you got to – Man up and get just as physical with them mm-hmm. to let them know you ain't going to just let them push you around. And I think Monty saw that his team mentally wasn't prepared for that. After winning those first two games, they thought, you know, they was just going to come in and play. So he waved the white flag and said, ain't no use to me burning them out and we're not going to make up 20 points or 18 oh. points at the end of the third quarter. So let them rest. Let let them sit here and watch this and sink in, and then we can come back game four Wednesday night and try so to take going, game four. What's going to happen in game four? Are they going to run them out of the gym, or, they, or, or is Milwaukee going to dominate them again? It's going to be close. I think I game think. four is a close game. I think it's a three- to five-point game. But yeah, see, I, I J3, think the crowd's going to have something to do with it, though. But see, with J3, J I think you can still be – and you can look at the, and you can look at the most recent uh, – many dynasty uh, that Golden State was operating under, you can be a team that runs, shoots threes, and, and more, is more finesse, but you have to have a physicality built in. There has to be some sort of physicality the way you play the, the game of basketball. And Golden State had some physicality about them, even though they on from the eyeball looking, you know, from the casual person looking on, you'd be like, oh, they're fun. They're shooting threes. You know, they they, they having fun. They, the scores, you know, they're running up the score. But they still had that little, you know, don't yeah. get it twist. Don't get it. Don't yeah. let Steph Curry's little smooth skin fool you. He, he will. Be. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't going to punk him. Yeah, so. But Chris Paul, he's the right leader for that team. He knows what they need to do. And Monty Williams does, too. Yeah, I, I just think the home crowd will, ha- will um, play into uh, this game on on um, Wednesday. And I think, though, it'll be tight. Milwaukee will probably squeeze it out. So, so speaking of home crowd, let, let's talk about this this the 10 second rule on, on the free throw line. What's up with Giannis getting like 15 seconds to shoot a free throw? 
When they gonna call well, that, Rich? Well, J three. It's been more like eleven seconds in the last few games. <laughs> 12, really, he, he really getting 12, it out of his right. hand. But I, they, getting, they're I'm not going to. I'm exaggerating. Right, but he he it, is he not a superstar in this league? But Do not superstars get special treatment in those areas? I don't see them interrupting that. I don't see them doing it. That's some BS. Well, I mean, how many times has LeBron cried about a call or other players in the league and they get it? The flops that happen in the league? But that's that's what I'm saying. It's the benefit of the doubt that star players get whenever they do stuff like that. So I don't see them enforcing that rule. They they haven't enforced it up until this point. It's the finals. If they're going to do it, they might as well start next year because it's old. It's going to have to be blatant. First of all, you can't go by the count. In Phoenix, because they counting fast. Oh yeah, man, no, one, they two, ain't. three. One second. You don't one. No, it's one, two, three. Come on, that's man. fast. That's, that's fast. fast. That's a second. It's, it's not a second. second. Oh my goodness, y'all killing me. Y'all killing me. That but, dude uh, takes at least twelve seconds every it, time he gets the ball. If He's you starting notice, to hit him, though. If you He's notice in the last game and a half. At home, he, he, he's, at home, he's, right. he's started team. shooting quicker, and definitely right. game three, he was shooting it quicker. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the more he thinks about it, the worse it is. So, if I was yeah. the Phoenix crowd, I'd leave him alone. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you had a few that. Phoenix fans there trying to count. Oh, yeah, in the mm-hmm. arena. Five, five and six. <laughs> so, we got game four Wednesday night. Um, does it so obviously, Professor thinks it's going 2 2. So uh anybody everybody else think it's going two two or does the Suns pull out, come back, make a point, get this three one lead, and have a chance to, to finish it at home. I see it going two two, though I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix did uh pull it out. But I just see it going two two. I, I gotta I'm see frozen. I gotta see the first quarter, man, because I, I, I gotta see what Booker's about. Because again, he yeah, it all depends on who sets the tone. Like, I, I gotta, I gotta see what he looks like. So I, 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 I right now I'm a lean towards Phoenix, but I, I think I, I think Game Three was a fluke, man. To be honest with you, really? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I truly believe, I truly believe Phoenix is going to take the next two. That game, Game Three was a gentleman's, uh, a gentleman's game, and they're going to go ahead and take it on out. I don't know, J3. The way they were being physical with them, that didn't look like that was just more than just discomfort. It looked like domination. You can let Giannis shoot as much as he want, but if nobody else... Who who else showed up? I'm talking about the physical nature of how they brought the game to the Suns. I don't see that changing because they didn't adjust to it well. So unless they adjust to that style of play and book start hitting some shots, even though he getting knocked on his behind, then I agree with you. But I just don't see that happening because he's thinking too much about that nose. And Chris Paul, the more the things get tighter, you've seen it in before. He started trying to press and things start to get out of whack. And that team goes how he goes. I'm telling you. All I can tell you is you can let Giannis shoot as much as he wants. If nobody else steps up, they're going to get blown out the water because once once Phoenix starts uh, locking in and making their shots, whether it's in, in inside or outside, it's going to be over with. The key to game four for Phoenix is Aiton. Aiton mm-hmm. cannot get into early foul trouble. Mm-hmm. I think Booker can have what we're calling off. He can't score 10, but I think if Booker scores 15 or 20, that'll be fine. 
as long as Mikael Bridges shows up, as long as um Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson campaign mm-hmm. show campaign up, campaign got to show up. It can't, yeah, it can't just to provide that energy and boost. And I think this will be a game where CP3 is going to score thirty to forty again and set the tone early. And we got we can't forget. The Clippers just played them a physical series, so it ain't like they ain't used to this. They just weren't ready to do it in game three. And I think another thing we can't forget is that so when Chris Paul is off, or they're in, who is their clear leader, and Devin Booker's obviously hurt, but that team is still young. Don't forget, this. They've ne- I can't remember the last time Phoenix has been this deep in the playoffs, particularly these guys that they have on their team. They're talented, but they're young. They just haven't been in these situations. And so maybe that game three was necessary for them. And maybe that's what Monty said when he was waving that white flag. Maybe it was necessary for them to to experience something like that moving forward. I mean, we got to remember, there's only one player on both teams that's ever played in the NBA Finals, and that's Mm -hmm. Jay Crowder. And he only played last last year. In Miami. With Miami. So everybody's going through this new experience. And I think the young fellas, you know, got a little full of themselves after mm-hmm. going up 2-0. And then they weren't ready for that crowd. That Milwaukee crowd was off the chain. I got to give them that. Mm-hmm. They ain't got nothing else to do in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, Milwaukee been through some adversity to get here, too. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And then for them 25 to 30,000 people that was outside, standing outside the arena. Oh, the dead district. Oh, man. Y'all crazy as hell. Ain't no way. Not a mask to be found. They packed in there like sardines. Y'all yeah. Jumping and dancing and screaming. Yeah. Hugging on people you don't know. Too many droplets. We're going to see that spike up in Milwaukee real soon. Yeah, buddy. That's, that's crazy. All right, so. It seems like half of us think it's going to go 3-1. other half thinks it's going to go 2-2. It's going to be interesting. Milwaukee has to win that game. If Milwaukee goes down 3-1. It's a wrap. Yeah. Turn out the lights. (laughs) (laughs) Batman and Robin better show up. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 Robin, they're looking for Robin in USA (laughs) Basketball, but we're going to get to him in a second. Uh, who who who's your favorite? You said Robin. <laughs> was he was he on the court on game three? I, I don't recall. Was he there? I don't. You know, he he was there. He oh, was just there. check, just check. That boy, that girl, all of it. Oh You wrong. You wrong. But yeah, Drew Holiday got to play well against Gim Twenty Plus. Hey, I told you the crowd got something to do. Gonna have something to do with game four. Home cooking. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Uh, we, we we hear you, Jay Wills. I don't think it's gonna be that much home cooking. We will see. One thing we do know: if it's too much home cooking, CP3 gonna say something about it. And he, no, he we will see him get a tech real quick. <laughs> he, he like I'm too damn close for this. <laughs> you can't take this from me, man. And, and, oh, I'm up, talking to you, <laughs> and I'm going to give up 40 million to try to get 90. Yeah, uh-huh. y'all can't take this away from me. You have a BJ. <laughs> yeah. I am still. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, wh- why, what do y'all think about Chris Paul giving up $41 million? <laughs> He's smart. Yeah. You, you think Phoenix is going to give him a three to four year deal? Three years, 400 million? If they don't, New York Knicks will. There's always 
There's always somebody that will overpay somebody. Yeah, you have to back up the brink truck. And and I think Chris got another two years left. I mean, at least another two. I mean, put him in the right situation with the right you know players around him. Low management. Low management. He got a couple more years to go. Yeah, I think he could play two more. But I would, yeah, because he can give up four to get seventy. Even if it, you know, even if he takes a, a slight reduction, say thirty-five over two, that's 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 about right. Lakers, yeah, that that, that doesn't work. T- them two personalities ain't gonna work together. So I don't even know why you even thinking about that. Uh, Chris Paul has never worked where he's b- had to become the second fiddle on a team, uh. and you don't go to the Lakers and be the first fiddle. I'm saying, but when it's your boy, when it's your brother. Well, wasn't Westbrook and Harden boys? Mm. No, yeah. wasn't CP3 and Westbrook boys. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what did Westbrook say? Get him out of here. No, Harden. Harden. Harden said, Harden. get him out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said, get him out of here. This dude in here hollering at people telling me what to do. This is my team. Yeah. I see it working differently. Yeah. He needs me. to stay with Phoenix. That's the right situation for him. Taxes are less. But yeah, it's hard to give away from that 40. Man, that man have made almost $400 million. He got multiple homes. So <laughs> I mean, no, but he, my point being, he wants to go home to LA because that's where, I mean, that's why he chose Phoenix because that's probably the, that was the closest, like, he could be to LA without, you know. I thought Chris Paul was from uh, North Carolina. Yeah, but he lives he's in from LA. North Carolina, but when he went out to the Clippers, L.A. became Man. home base for the family. Wherever he going, State Farm going to insure his house <laughs> and his property. <laughs> <laughs> so it don't make no difference where he end up. He going to no, be paid no matter what. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go ahead and like, make that uh, decision, Chris. Like a good neighbor. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. It must be nice to think you're going to be one of the top free agents at 36. Yeah. When just a season ago, people's like he had the worst contract in the NBA. Wrote you That's off. crazy. <laughs> he knows I mean, his worth. You can't be it, mad at him. He knows his worth. I feel you. I feel you. All right, let's get on to the UFC. UFC 264. Big hype. Oh, shame what happened to Connor. Big hype. <laughs> Poirier McGregor 3. I mean, this man. I, when when I first saw Conor McGregor, I was kind of into the flamboyancy. I said, oh, he used the Floyd Mayweather method, making his name huge. Whether you either love him or you hate him, but you're going to want to see him fight because you either want to see him get knocked out or want to see him win. And that worked for him. Made him the richest fighter in MMA history, mm-hmm. bar none, period. Not including the money he made off the whiskey sales, which came from his popularity from being one of the top MMA guys. He's made over $100 million just fighting UFC fights, Mm. plus the Floyd Mayweather fight where he made $100 million, then Mm -hmm. the proper 12. So this man has made over $400 million in the span of nine years. But enough's enough. I mean, what the way he was coming off going, trying to go after Poirier and stuff he was saying about the man's wife before the fight. And then after the fight, land on the freaking mat with your leg broke. And you still talking about somebody's wife. Come on now. And it was, it was like, uh, it it just reminded me of that scene off of training day when Lonzo was just screaming and 
you know, you can't, you think you're going to do this to me? Right. And everybody just walking away, just waving right. their hand. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm a run. This is on all you. You just live here. I maintain a theory that rich fighters can't fight. Yeah. I, I don't know why they, they, they and we see it all the time. You know, when, when that when that rich fighter stays just a little too long, it's just it they it's like think about when De La Hoya, you know, started losing fights. Mm-hmm. And by that time he was well, he was like the, the biggest draw in boxing at the time. But again, once you 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 you're hungry and you climb that you climb that ladder and then all of a sudden you you start making you know 10, 50, you got 40, 100 million dollars in the bank. What's the motivation to get up and run that lap? What's the motivation to get hit in the face? <laughs> or kicked in the, the face. Ring, or kicked in the face. Up. You know, so, and you can't, look, them, con- them, M- them contact sports, boxing, MMA, you can't go in there half-stepping. There's no way you can go in there and you're not, and you're not like an animal, like ready to rock, because you will get hurt. Yeah, I mean. I, I'm going to tell you guys a story. I don't know if I ever told you this real quick. Real quick, I was in Vegas. I was I was just stepped off the flight. I was waiting for my ride share, and how their airport is, I had to run over to it to to like this specific elevator. So when I stepped on the elevator, these two Brazil—I didn't know. I asked them. I we, we, I kind of asked them when when we got on the elevator. These two Brazilian MMA fighters stepped on because they had a tournament going on in Vegas that weekend, and these dudes scared me. They scared. I was like, oh, man. And I ain't no scared type dude. These dudes look like they just wanted to eat me. <laughs> and they was just going to the hotel. They was just stepping, they just got off the plane going to the hotel. I was like, oh, man. So anyway, I'll I tell you that story because you can't get in that ring. And McGregor, he's not scared of anybody. He'll get in there. You know, that's how they, they, they hearts and their minds pump different than normal humans. But he got he made too much money. He got to stop it. Yeah. And I think off the out the um gate i think yeah in that first round um like that first kick and poirier pointed it out like yeah it, it you did something to your uh leg because i just it, it that crack yeah. Yeah. yeah he said he heard a crack mm. of course mcgregor said nah you didn't you didn't do anything you didn't check it and he really didn't check it but mcgregor caught him at the knee joint instead of catching him below so he caught him on that hard bone Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you're not training as much, you're not kicking as much, so you have that callousness that your legs had start going away because you're mm-hmm. sleeping in them silk sheets. You got people <laughs> waiting on you, hand and foot. Yeah, uh, making sure you got massages and you soaking in different. Yeah, all that lifestyle is. Yeah, mm. it, it, you you right, you a cream puff. Go from a rock to a cream puff. You got to be a, a one of those crazy dudes mentally, like Floyd was. Like Floyd. A lot, a lot of people used to talk about how Floyd was all flamboyant, but what they didn't talk about was Floyd had his guys on call 24-7, mm-hmm. and he would call them at 2 a.m. in the morning and say, look, I'm up. Let's go work out. Mm-hmm. And it'd be the second or third time they don't worked out that day. Mm-hmm. So Floyd was a workout fanatic. Mm. So if you're going to get to that level, you've got to be there. And did you catch what Poirier said at the end of the fight when they asked him what's next? (laughs) 
He said, you know, I really don't know. I, I don't love this anymore, but I'm mm. too good to quit. Because mm. mm. he he just became a multi-multi-millionaire after that, after this fight. Indeed. He became a millionaire with the with the, the second fight. And this fight, he got a percentage of the pay-per-view buys. So he became a multi-multi-millionaire. Connor got somewhere between 25 to 40% of the pay-per-view money for this fight. Yeah. I, I actually don't I actually don't think he's done. I think Connor is he's become a salesman of the sport, kind of like the top WWE. Uh, fighters become when they become the face of a sport and all their antics everything that they do the spotlight is always on them and you know wrestlers don't always win but i think connor might be done as that elite fighter but he's still going to be this draw that people are going to want to see because the excuse is going to be hey if i didn't had this freak accident i was going to beat his tail you know that that's what it's going to be so they're going to run it back try to have another fight to try to put the real trilogy to sleep because, you know, John has since, and I talked about this, it's like, wow, we got cheated out of what we thought was going to be a really good fight because I thought he had made it out of the round and then snap. That's when it happened. But I think because he's still that draw that people want to see, because he does this, he runs his mouth and he's flamboyant. Just like you say, all these things are still this big, larger-than-life character that's still going to bring us to the pay-per-view is still going to pack those those stadiums to watch the fight, and I think he's going to have at least one more big payday with him before he actually walks away. I don't think he can win, but the fact is, if you know you're going to make that percentage of the pay-per-view and all of this guaranteed money, I step back in the ring again, too, whether I break yeah, my leg again. Yeah, he's definitely yeah, he- there's two possible big money fights still out there for him. Uh, unfortunately, Dana's already said he wants to see Poirier McGregor for because he didn't like the way it ended. And of course, you, 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 you get you got the crazy man from out in California that they're looking forward to, you know, doing the trilogy with him again, which which would be a big, huge fight. They'll need a belt. So it but when you got that man's got to have at least $150 million in the bank. Why you counting his money? You always want more. Why you counting his money? Obviously, that's what he want to do. Why do you want to get in and keep getting your butt whipped? Because let's be real. Connor's lost four out of his last five fights. Right. And still making money. Oh, that's he's making crazy. a ton of money. But the ego is, he. some of the fights, he lost real he, he got slept by Poirier the fight before. Khabib. Khabib embarrassed him. Yeah. Poirier was getting ready to sleep him again. Poirier was getting ready to take him out on the mat and let him get up mm-hmm. before and he broke his leg. Because he wanted to punish him for talking all that trash about him and saying he was going to kill him in the ring. So mm-hmm. Poirier wanted to punish right. him some more before he finished him. <laughs> Professor, what did you say? Yeah, all that like, talk. Yeah, and Poirier told the crowd to kiss his whole a <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, crowd he, he straight up just disrespected Connor. He was like, he's a dirt bag. Yeah. A crowd pleaser. That's all he did. We shut him up. Yeah, Set it up not, for the next fight. And what's nice, Poirier has a chance. 
Uh, he can have two big money fights if he wants to yeah, fight yeah, for the title, yeah. and he will be the biggest draw over over the champ, uh, Charles Oliveira. So he'll be the A side of that. And if he wants to mess with Conor again, he can. If he wants to make the money, but I think after this fight, I don't. I think he's gonna pull a Khabib. Just retire. He no. He can like I'm not fighting him no more. Mm. I done beat him twice. I don't need to fight him. He need me. Mm-hmm. Tell him go fight well, somewhere else. Unless he retired, Dana usually gets what he wants. Oh yeah, he gonna make it happen. <laughs> so unless he gonna retire <laughs> he gonna now, yeah, he gonna make it happen. On the undercard, uh, the co-main event, uh, we had uh, Gilbert Burns, who was uh, a former middleweight title mm-hmm. contender against Stevie Wonderboy Thompson. That was actually probably the best yeah. fight, competitive fight of the night. Uh, Not for me. <laughs> I would say, um, what's my man, the big dude and uh, Greg Hardy? Uh, uh, just, like, that was all competitive. That was a first round knockout. Yeah, you, you just it like was entertaining for me, man. It was entertaining the way Greg Hardy. Okay. Just, he said competitive, though. He oh, competitive. competitive. All right. Right. Yeah, that. But entertaining <laughs> for me was the Greg Hardy part. It was a Greg Hardy fight. Yeah, he got slapped. Yeah, he got slapped. But uh, yeah, with with, with uh, Burns Thompson, basically you had two fights. As long as Thompson kept him upright and on his feet, he controlled the distance. And with those kicks, I mean, the the, the man is one of the greatest kickboxers of all time, one of the best karate guys of all time. But Burns got got close to him and got a hold of him. Sure did. <laughs> I love his fighting stance, Big Reg. I love his fighting stance, man. He gets up in there, man. He, yeah. he got a low center of gravity and everything, man. I, yeah, that, that was a very competitive and entertaining fight. I, I totally agree with you on that one. But you know my favorite one of the night was Sugar Sean. Sugar oh, yeah. oh yeah, Sugar Sean. He put on a striking display. Yes, Sugar mm-hmm. I, I I was talking to my daughter Gianna because we had family family over this weekend, first time since since the pandemic. So they was over there talking. She came over. She's like, "What's going on with the fan? With the fight?" I was like, "Well, this one guy is stopping all the punches with his face." She's like, "What you talking about?" <laughs> I said, don't believe me. With his face. I said, ask my cousin. How's he how's he stopping his punches? Oh, with his face. This this dude. He kept charging. He kept charging forward, taking all that punishment. Latino. This guy took like 300 blows to the head and kept coming forward. Mm -hmm. The referee finally stopped. He's like, look, man, that's enough, man. I'm tired of watching you get man. beat to hell. Right. Even Sugar Sean had his, you see, that's a bad MF. Yeah. Because <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't put him down. Right. Yeah. He he, he won by TKO because he was bleeding finally. His right. face was swelling all up. I mean, I've never seen a guy take that many shots and just keep coming forward. Right. And, and not just and with his hands. Right, not just with his fist, he caught him with some nice kicks in the head, yes. and he still stays there. I was like, "Yo, <laughs> that was crazy." Yeah, so for you mixed martial arts fans, UFC that they rarely, rarely disappoint. In the in the main card, four to five were stoppages, so. Yeah, you got to see some people get knocked out. And yeah, Hardy got slept. 
Yeah. So he he said, you know, I, I, I'm committing to this. I'm getting better. I want to become a grappler, not just a striker. Yeah. <laughs> By a big boy at that. Yeah. <laughs> And did you see what that dude did after the fight? Yeah, going out the ring, doing shoeies. Yeah, (laughs) he walking out the aisle. People in the audience are taking their shoe off, pouring beer in it. He's drinking it. Do these people not know we in a pandemic? Come on! He had one dude pouring from like the uh, second story. Pouring down, and he's still underneath. Yeah, just drinking a beer. Yeah, <laughs> man, these, That's nasty. these mixed martial arts. Some of these dudes are just straight. Cra- well, my, all of them crazy. They let people kick you in the head and choke you out and stuff. But I mean, that dude, he was off the chain. Yeah, he was. And then he got to go back to Australia. Mm-hmm. You know they. They already got a 14-day hard quarantine. He's going to be in hard quarantine for a month. They'll be like, oh, like, we right. know you got something. They probably going to be like, get on the plane. They're going to say, stay where you are. He's going to be in Vegas. He's probably in the Yeah, it don't matter what you're flying. When you get over to Australia, they ain't playing. It ain't 14-day quarantine at your home. You got to go to specialized hotels where you can't come out the room they bring your food to you, and you are locked in a room for 14 days minimum. Wow. All right, let's hit the Stanley Cup final. Oh, hold up, Big Range. Big okay, range. I'm sorry. My bad. Give some love to uh, Irene Aldana. Oh, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She yeah, put yeah. on the show, too. Because, And as a matter of fact, the reason why I got to bring that up, I was just telling Janine, I was like, man, the women be punishing each other worse than the men do. Mm-hmm. And she watched that joke, and she saw exactly – what I was talking about, oh, yeah. she put on a show. Yeah, my, my daughter looked at where she was from, and she was like, "Oh, she from the heart of <laughs> this drug haven." Oh hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know she got fighting. Yeah. <laughs> right. She's like, I was like, but she fighting the Russian. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> wow, mm. wow, and it's different it's, in Mexico. And she put that Russian to sleep. Kuniskaya came in there like she was Drago and got knocked out. Yeah, so. Yeah, got, got to love UFC. We got to wait till August for the next big bouts. Of course, they have a few weekly bouts coming, but nothing big on, on the horizon. J3, mm-hmm. you called it early. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, baby. Tampa the Bay. The, 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 the mayor got her wish. Back they came back. home for game five. Back to back. It was a classic game. I mean, this was a defensive struggle. Mm-hmm. Neither team was letting anybody out. They was neutral zone trapping. It took a, a, a slight breakaway in the second period to score the only goal. And then it was lights out. Uh, uh, Balasleski, the uh, goaltender for Tampa Bay, that was his, I believe, Fourth or fifth shutout of the playoffs. Mm. And he got the con smite, the MVP. But I mean, some crazy stuff happened after the fact. They announced that Kucherov, their captain who didn't play all season and came back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. In the semifinals, he got hurt in game six, left in like the first period, played game seven. 
and played well in Game 7, had an assist in that game. They just announced he played the rest of the NHL Finals with a broken rib. Oh. Wow. Playing hockey with a broken rib. Where you're getting checked in the boards, getting hit in the body with sticks and stuff. I mean... They uh yeah they it them hockey players a special breed. Oh yeah. They had another yeah. player that played with a, a torn ACL who tore his ACL in March and played throughout the playoffs. Mm. So yeah, different. I still love the way hockey do things, man, where they tell you upper body, lower body injury. They don't tell you anything else about their injury reports on their players. And I think all sports need to go into that. But I know the gambling aspect and all of that. And I will say this, and we can roll back the tape. Remember when we started talking about the NHL playoffs before it started, and I did it in my takes, did my research, and I looked at how Montreal was surging at the time. I think they were like the fourth seed coming in. And I was like, watch out for Montreal. They're going to be standing at the end. Now, they didn't win it all. But they shocked everybody and made mm-hmm. it to the Stanley Cup uh, finals. And I think that's worth noting that mm-hmm. Canada is on their way up through Montreal and how they played gritty, even though the lightning was just too much. I admit that. But at least those boys got there and nobody ever thought that they would. Oh, yeah. Respectable. For sure. Yeah. And it, they did a good thing. They uh, <clears throat> The coach was an interim coach because they fired their coach early in the season. So – he. The, the Montreal like the Canadiens coach, he, he got the full-time gig today. But that doesn't mean much in hockey because hockey, yeah. they fire coach in a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to get somebody else in there. You can even win a Stanley Cup and they still run you out of town. Yeah. Speaking of the Stanley Cup, of course, Tampa Bay made it popular. Tom so the Lightning had, had the mm-hmm. boat parade yesterday. <laughs> And did you see what them fools did to the Stanley yeah, Cup? Yeah, dented it up. They dented it. It wasn't just a little dent. Yeah, it was the, like the actual cup itself. <laughs> half of it was dented. <laughs> you, you, you know they have two special guys that travel with the cup at all times, and it's actually four of them. They switch off. They had to grab the cup from the guys, take it from them, put it in this case. Pack it up so they can send it back up to Canada so they can fix the cup. I was about to say, what happens next? <laughs> oh, they should the first they time give it back. It. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't no little dent. I mean, these <laughs> jokers, the whole half of the cup was pushed yeah. in. Like, wow. what, are, what are y'all doing? Right. Too oh, much fun man. with it. Too much fun. Too, too much, much alcohol. That's what it was. Copycat. <laughs> Copycat. Mm-hmm. So. That put a nice ending to the NHL finals. So next year, hopefully we'll get back to the normal conferences where teams can travel. But with this variant going around, who knows? Who knows? Because the more and more we think we're getting out of this, you had three golfers have to pull out of the um, British Open this week. They either contracted covid or were close contacts to somebody. Uh, you just had uh, multiple tennis players say they're not going to Tokyo because of the outbreak they're having over there. Uh, uh, ho- hopefully everybody heard the Tokyo Olympics. They going on. 
but they're not gonna have any spectators in any of their arenas. That's terrible. Because they they're having a massive outbreak. The rest of Tokyo's on lockdown. Sheesh. And they're getting flying thousands of athletes and coaches in two weeks to have the Olympics because they've already lost per their books. $800 $800 million. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do it this year, they're going to lose $5 billion. Mm. So it ain't about the, the, the Olympics per se. It's about the money. TV, it's, TV it's rights. It's always about TV the money. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. But who, who, profit, who profits off of that? Is that the city of Tokyo that profits off of that? Or is that the, uh, is that the nation of Japan? The International Olympic Committee is going to be the one that profits that. City well, of Tokyo is going to lose money. Well, so so there's no so there's really no benefit in it for Tokyo. They don't need the notoriety. They already a world. They already a world class city. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It, it to me, it does, it's a public health crisis. It doesn't. It's not worth taking a chance or a risk. To but me, it's, it's, a, it's it's an honor I hosting. Agree. It's an honor hosting the actual event in in, in their country. But even though they're not going to benefit from it, but it's an honor to um say that they they hosted the uh, the Olympics. But they've had Winter Olympics in Japan before. They've had Summer Olympics in Japan before. It they've done it before. I mean, I mean, I agree. I yeah. agree. I don't know. I don't think it's money's worth a life. You you got the politicians saying we've spent so much money because depending on who you believe, the Japanese government, aka the Japanese people, has spent somewhere between five to ten billion dollars in prepping for this. Olympics. That's about right. That's about right. And now you've got the only way they would come close to making that money back is by having people from all around the world coming in for weeks on weeks, mm-hmm. staying, spending money, doing all mm-hmm. that stuff. Now all that's out the window. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're gonna get the TV rights money and try to get what we can. And most of that money goes to the International Olympic Committee. And wow. speaking of them, the chairman who was there this week. I had a small uh, snafu yesterday where he called the Japanese people Chinese in, in his remarks. Oh, <laughs> man, you can't make man, that's just stupid, man. man. Wow. Man. Yeah, that's just stupid. Wow. So, yeah. So, this <laughs> might be the last insult. time the Olympics are anywhere in Japan. Talk about an insult. Yeah. So, a couple other things that caught our attention over the week. We got to say congrats to the Wimbledon champions. Uh, Ashley Barty won her second major title mm. of her career. Mm. Uh, looked like she's going to win it real easy. She jumped out to an early lead, won the first set, then kind of slowed down, lost the second set. Looked like she's going to give it up, but came through. So uh, the Australians got, got to celebrate that. And then our man Novak Djokovic. Joker. He joined the 2020 club. The Joker won his third major of the year, three in a row. Ties Roger and Rafa. We said he might be the GOAT. Mm-hmm. If he pulls off this grand slam this year, I think that might eliminate all possibilities. That's so I saw a statistic. Rafa and Roger used to beat him up the first three, four years of his career. Over the last 10 years, he's dominated them. Oh, yeah. Now, they are Rafa's – Roger's six years older than him. 
And Rafa's like two and a half, three years older, but got a lot of miles on his body. But what he's getting, if he can pull off this calendar year Grand Slam and be the first to do it since Rod Labor, and he's talking about he's playing in the Olympics. He says he wants to do the Golden Slam. If he wins the Olympics and then goes wins the U.S. Open, I think it's over. Good night, Irene. Well, see, it's a, but see, that's what that that comes down to perception now. So you have to. So what you have to look at is okay. So this, this clearly, it's his time right now. He's he's clearly dominating men's tennis. So then you have to start comparing. Okay, the error. So when when Roger, so Roger started dominating slightly before Rafi came onto the scene. Rafi was just a, like a little young buck, but he was nipping at the toes, winning French Opens, but really wasn't winning all of you know in full contention elsewhere. But um, so then it then that rival then that turned into an actual rivalry rivalry between. Um, uh, Nadal and Federer. So now, and, and the little dude, like you said, was just getting beat. Djokovic was getting beat up. Now it's his time to shine. He's slightly younger than him. So I don't think Federer, because he's had some issues with his health lately. So I don't think he, I don't think he'll ever dominate again. And I, and quite frankly, I don't think Rafi will particularly dominate either. But again, this goes back to what we were saying earlier in our show. We were talking about how athletes, you know, they reach a certain point as far as status, money, and notoriety. No, that okay, what, what's what's left to do? And so, even though uh, the uh, the Joker has passed them as far as well, he they're t- he's tied them as far as titles are concerned. But he seems to be still ascending where they've plateaued, so to speak. Um, I just don't think that the the two involves. Um, Federer and Nadal, I'm sure, I don't know what their career earnings look like as far as off the court, um, but I, because wins on the court is relatively even now, but I just don't think that the, the uh, Rogers the, made the most money of anybody in tennis history. Yeah, I just don't think, I don't Rob think. was he, second, Nadal, uh, Joker hasn't caught them yet, but he's coming. He might be coming, but so, but like I said, he, the other two have already, they've been there, done that, and they've been doing it for seemingly a much longer time than joker that's what it looks like yeah so i feel you it, i just don't a, think it's gonna be one of those things he's gonna have all the records he's already got the most weeks at number one he's gonna end up with the most slams he's gonna end up with the most atp uh, uh 1000 wins which is the biggest tournaments outside of slams so he he's gonna It's going to be one of those debates where when you look at numbers, he's going to have all the numbers on his side. But when you look at the actual how they play and how they dominate and how they contribute to the game, you're going to have your Roger fans. I think Roger was the purest player that ever played the game. His game was just beautiful. And what he did for tennis, he took tennis to a different level. Uh, Nadal is the greatest clay court player, period, point blank, in the story. But Joker has won two French, one more than Roger. He's won uh, nine Australians, the most ever. Now he's got uh, six Wimbledons and three U.S. Opens. So he spread them out all over so it'll be interesting next we want to congratulate and I hope I say her first name right Zail 
avant-garde mm. who became the first African-American to win the Scripps National Spelling Bee in its 96-year history. 14-year-old Louisiana native is not only an exceptional in the realm of spelling bees and academics, she's also considered a basketball prodigy. She kills three Guinness world records records for dribbling. She says she wants to play college basketball at an Ivy League school. She originally mentioned um, Harvard, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Some people said, well, you might want to think about Stanford as well or Princeton because their ladies' basketball programs are a little better than Harvard. But I can understand. Then she says she wants to play in the WNBA. They may be on a WNBA team when she's done. I mean, yeah. that young lady is and the Harlem Globetrotters going mm. on. She's also she's already received multiple full scholarship offers in in Louisiana, LSU, uh, uh, the two HBCU uh, schools down in Louisiana, Xavier Southern, and Southern Xavier Southern. Mm-hmm. Um, Another big school in Louisiana. So almost all the big schools in Louisiana have offered a full ride scholarships. She's getting scholarship authors offers from all across the country. So this young lady, sky's the limit. And it was just happy to see. I can remember seeing a killer in a bee and saying, oh, that's a great story. That never happened. And as she's become the real life version of that. And got mad handles. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and big rage. Maybe you need to see that again for all y'all out there. Aquila was a fictitious story. This is mm. the actual first African American. Because I've heard people like, wasn't that girl Aquila the first one? <laughs> no, people. It was a movie. Mm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to get that in. It's okay. We clear that up. I appreciate yeah. that. Clarification. I appreciate that. We are a week away from uh, the first two NFL training camps opening, the teams that will be playing uh, in the Hall of Fame game, and then two weeks away from all of the training camps opening up. Uh, We're also two weeks away from the Summer Olympics, so things are getting ready to heat up for us. Got a lot of stuff we'll be able to talk to you about. NFL is percolating. Uh, The Washington football team announced – Yesterday, I believe it was, or Sunday, that they will be announcing their new name in 2022. Uh, and Warriors will not be one of be the option. There will be no anything close to a Native American reference in the new name. But they are keeping the colors. I can live with that. Well, that's good for Professor Jay, so he don't have to switch up hats. <laughs> <laughs> Do we play y'all this year? I hope so. No, we don't. <laughs> I think in the preseason, I think. Yeah. U.S. men's basketball. My goodness. Embarrassing. They have lost so two sad. exhibition games. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Since Popovich has taken control of the USA basketball program, they came in. They ended up six in the world championships. They've lost three of the four exhibition games he's coached. They lose to Nigeria by three mm. points on Saturday, 90-87, and then lose to Australia yesterday by eight points. And... Hey, Pop uh, has to go. 
He got to go. Here's the thing with Pop. He got to go. Pop don't have Tim Duncan. Uh-uh. It's like Belichick don't have Brady. All these coaches, man, look, <laughs> we see this all the time. These coaches, they're so great and everything. And, you know, and, and just like Phil Jackson was so great. Well, he, yeah, he was great with Kobe and Shaq and then and, and Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, he was great. I would be great. So sometimes, look, I'm not taking anything away from Pop or what have you, but these coaches, man, you got to be careful when you start assigning greatness to all to these coaches. Well, who's, who, is, who, does he, who is he coaching? I think it goes deeper than that. I think – our, uh, well, the NBA's um, mission and making it global kind of backfired on them because now you got people like all over the world playing on their respective teams that are actually really good, and you see it now in their, their game. And okay. Yeah. But come on now, come on now. I don't agree with that. Now, Terry Hansen had six NBA players, but they, they were role bench players. You got KD. Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Bam out of the Bajo. All these are legit right. all-stars. Yeah, they're losing to Nigeria and Australia. And that's because they stand outside the three-point line and ain't getting down low playing physical. That's the problem. And they're looking at refs to bail them out, crying that they get exactly. Because that's what they do in the NBA. Exactly. But this exactly. is the international basketball game, right. son. You got to be fiscal. Ain't nobody right. giving you no lunch money. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad since you brought up the global game. Yes. Because yes. ever since the dream team dominated, basketball has become sort of like an arms race around the world where that's teams right. want to prove their mettle to make sure that they that can take out the Americans. Yeah, then we got right. real arrogant thinking we were going to send college kids to compete and they got smoked. So right. then we tried to put the pros back in and they kind of resting on their laurels. And then yeah. let, if you, y'all mentioned Popovich. Let, let, let's be clear about that. Popovich is not everyone's cup of tea either. What mm-hmm. worked in San Antonio, just like what worked in New England, don't really work anywhere else. So when you got other players that come to play for him, they don't like that style of coaching that he has. Therefore, what they probably doing out there is trying to play their own brand of basketball. And it's getting them in trouble. But Professor J, Professor J, wouldn't you say that America losing to uh, to, uh, in basketball, losing to Nigeria was probably like Brazil losing to America and 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 soccer in a, in yeah. a, in a pre- I mean that would be the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I agree with that. And Brazil that's would why never. I said, that's why I said that, let's just let's just ease up on the boys because I think they're gonna turn a switch and they're gonna be able to compete and do what they need to do because these are just exhibition games. Right. I was gonna say that they're probably just seeing it as a mere exhibition. But back to your point, uh, Professor. Like, yeah, I mean, you see. Now all of these like players like a Luca from Slovenia or you know Jokic like it's it like people it's like an arms race to have like you know that player that can stack up against the best NBA players. I mean we got to look at it. Three NBA first team All NBA. Three mm-hmm. of them are foreigners. Yeah. Giannis, mm. Luca, and the Joker. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. So three of the top five players in the NBA this year were not from here. Mm-hmm. If you look at the All-Star game, I think 40% of the players in the All-Star game are from here. 
Mm-hmm. Make America great again. Close <laughs> 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 <Hold> the borders. <laughs> wow. What happened to the show? Wow. I'm joking, everybody. I'm joking. Don't, don't send us no nasty email. I'm joking. What is that? What is that? On that note, Professor, I think it's time for the takes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because I might take this back down that road a little bit. <laughs> All right, y'all. Now, now let's get ready for the post takes for the day. I surely and truly have missed you guys. We've been on vacation trying to live up the life and get some stress down. But let's now talk a little bit about today's topic. And today's topic is everybody hates Stephen A. So let's talk about my man screaming Stephen A for a second. He is on the cusp of another controversy, as you know. Stephen A has us talking about that bad player in baseball today. Controversy aside, it had my eyes glued to the home run derby last night, and I wanted to see this man called Shohei Atani that they compared to Babe Ruth do his thing last night. But I, I got to say, all about him all year. Right, right. But I got to say, I'm proud of my Nationals own Juan Soto because he put the man out in the first round of the home run derby only to come up short in the semis. But Juan Soto is beside the point. Stephen A. did touch on the truth of one central matter. White male Americans still control the marketing industry in this country. A majority of sports are controlled by Caucasian owners. We did not like it when it came out of the mouth of a black man, but he did he did shed some light on the truth that we got to deal with from a certain standpoint. So let's be clear. You all know Stephen A is a lot of things, but he is not a racist. His closest compadres would say that. He gets paid to be controversial just like any other of the top dogs in the business. So let's pipe down just a little bit. Otherwise, all of them will be delivering apologies each and every day. And you know that to be true. This is not a defense of SAS because I don't always agree with him. And in fact, I have enough sense to stare away from things that bring controversy of this nature. The point here is to get people to see that there is another angle at play. I personally don't care what Shohei Otani endorses no more than I care about Kevin Durant. I like seeing excellent play as a sports enthusiast. If we can exit the cancel culture for just a second, we can see that he was tr- what he was trying to do. Every day he is called upon to move the needle and to get people talking about what he says. His intent fell flat because of his relate because of the relations with Asian Americans and what has been done to them recently. Can I ask a real blatant question? How can there be so much vitriol for what he said? that stayed inside the confines of sports and not much said about the former commander-in-chief inciting much violence and tension against the same people. Mm-hmm. The cancel culture has blinded people to the fact that people, that before you get outraged, ask the person to articulately explain what they meant. Their point of view does not make them racist. When people of color offer you evidence on top of words that other people have spoken about us, 
there is always a blind eye turned to the things that are actually happening into people of color in real life. So if you look at Stephen A. Smith, he's a shock jock, no different than the other Caucasian cats that do some of the same things. But yet people are trying to get them canceled, get them fired, get them suspended. If you go back and you look at what Rob Parker said about RG3, he called him a cornball brother and he got suspended for that. And even I was like, for that? And then you go to Jamel Hill, who said some similar things, and she also got suspended. Why is it that every time a black personality says something that the masses don't agree with, they're the ones that get canceled, they're the ones that get suspended, they're the ones that get fired and pushed and pushed to the side? But yet nobody is really saying much about the incident that happened last week with Rachel Nichols and how things how she got a slap on the wrist for the things that she said caught on tape and everything. So let's be real about the facts of the matter of the things that are happening. You might not like Stephen A. And that's your prerogative. He doesn't get on my nerves. I'd laugh at him because I think he's entertaining. But the truth of the matter is, is that you point to any commercials on American television today that highlight the international player that has to use a translator. And in his defense, Shohei Otani does actually speak good English. If you go back and look at some of the videos that have come up about him give, delivering speeches on American soil, he actually does speak pretty well. So there, Stephen A. was wrong. But I will say that it is his right to give his speech, his freedom of speech, just like everybody else expects. So cut the man a little bit of slack. You don't have to agree with him, but he was not being racist in that moment. And he offered one of the best and sincere apologies that I've ever seen outside of, of some other folks. But I won't get into that right now. But cut the man some slack. He deserves some type of, of pat on the back for acknowledging that he made a misstep in something that he said, and he clearly said that he wasn't trying to be racist. So just put the truth on context for a minute just there. And that's all I got today for the post text. I agree, because he was also um, very contrite in uh, his, um, you know, with, um, in relation to uh, Nigeria, too, because I know some Nigerians came down on him for Right, right. You know, so he was and, and I mentioned that on our, on our page, that, hey, if the Nigerians swell up and they think that he did something incorrect there, then I'm sure that he would apologize for that as well. But this is what he gets paid the big bucks to do. He moves the needle. He gets people in their emotional selves. But guess what you're doing? We're talking about it. And that's the whole point. Yeah, I, I think that was a, a cla classic example of a lack of knowledge of another mm -hmm. culture. Right, right. People, right. like you said, uh, Shohei Atani, who I've been talking about uh, multiple times throughout this year, even though we don't talk much baseball, but that man has been putting on a show, uh, mm -hmm. leading the major leagues and home runs, already has 33, plus being a top flight starting pitcher. Matter of fact, the uh, major Stolen league all-star game it just started, so he's going to be the starting pitch tonight in the All-Star yeah. game, also the leadoff hitter. So, phenomenal job. What what us Americans sometimes don't understand is it's disrespectful for someone of another culture to speak out of their native tongue to their culture. Canelo Alvarez is another example of that. You see him most of the time in his post-fight interviews he will only speak in Spanish. 
because he doesn't want to insult his people. Mm-hmm. He speaks English. Shohei Otani speaks four different languages, mm-hmm. include one of them is English, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to disrespect his culture. And that's why he does it. And we as Americans got to get over this thing that, you know, if you hear, you got to speak our language. How, how often do we travel abroad and how many of us speak multiple languages? I heard a, a funny joke again uh, today. What do you call somebody that speaks three languages? <laughs> Trilingual. What do you call someone that speaks two languages? Bilingual. What do you call someone that speaks one language? American. So I'm glad Stephen A. stepped up to the plate and apologized for his misstep and tried to clear up the situation that there was no malice intent to it. He just didn't understand. And once he understood, he wanted to correct that. Yeah. All right. We can get out of here, but we want to make a special, special announcement. This coming Monday, we're having a special show, our second boxing edition of Posts. We're still going to have our Tuesday regular show, but this this next week, you're going to get us two days back to back, Monday, 7 p.m., boxing only, and then Tuesday we'll come back, hit you, wrap up the NBA Finals, uh, talk about what, what's hot in the news. But uh, please join us Monday, 7 p.m. Uh, Professor Jay is going to be on the show. Sense is going to be on the show. Uh, uh, we get Queensbury. Tony's going to come back in and talk some little – Little boxing with us, Ed might join us, so we're gonna get it and talk to Sweet Signs. We talk a lot of UFC, so it's time to get strictly Sweet Signs on Monday at seven, and then back strong as ever Tuesday at seven p.m. All right, fellas, it's time for our final takes. Let's get up out of here, Professor. Why don't you start us off? All right, so I will get us started off. Um, I know we do a lot of talking about the Four Letter Network and some of their missteps and things. But I got to say, with the ESPYs, they got some things right. And I'm going to give kudos and a shout out to none other than Iron Man from November 2020, Chris Nickich. He is the first and only Down Syndrome winner of the Iron Man competition. And yes, let's give it up. Yes, yes. And they honored him with the Jimmy B Award for Perseverance Mm. at the ESPY Awards. And he gave a phenomenal speech at the SB. So I just wanted to give love to him because he has done a phenomenal thing. And lastly, people asked him why he didn't quit when he was training and running the Ironman. He said, quote, because my dream is bigger than my pain. You just got to love it, y'all. So much love to Mr. Chris Nickage for being the Ironman and SB Award, Jimmy V Award winner for this year. Amen. That's great. That's great. J3, what you got for me, partner? So for all you fans who know me, you know that I enjoy this, the sport of bowling. And I want to give a shout out to and congratulations to the Lady Bears of Morgan State for scholar athletes for being recognized by the National 1010 Coaches Association Great. for having the highest team GPA. All five individuals were honored individually. Excellent. More excellent. Yes. Yes. Ed, you up next, partner. Hey, um, I don't really have much. I just, you know, I just want everybody to continue to be safe and cognizant of their surroundings, um, and just, just, just stay healthy. That's that's all I have today. Yes, sir. 
All right, since um, the past two weeks, we've seen a lot of um, coaching hires in the NBA. Um, you know, some have been uh, controversial, some, um, you know, a little uh, dry to say the least. But the most glaring thing to me is the fact that women are still coming up short in these um, searches. Becky Hammond, uh, namely, and I feel like I would love for the NBA to finally just, you know, get with the times and just give the job to the most qualified. Now, Becky Hammond has paid her dues, like with San Antonio and 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 I just feel like she deserves to do as well as other, um, you know, women uh, coaches. And I just feel it's time for a change. Amen. Preach, bro. I do. Because if because if men can coach women's basketball, and you see it a lot in mm-hmm. within the college right. and, and high school ranks, then you can sure and in WNBA, mm-hmm. then you can surely have the reverse. Good thing, sense. Good, good. good point, sense. It's going to take, unfortunately, what we would consider a courageous owner to go outside the norm. And make the decision and say we're going to give on, her Ted. an opportunity. I was about to say, Ted, come, come on. on, Ted. Just like it took outside the norm to have black coaches, yeah. and I was happy to see that three of the recent hires in the NBA have all been uh, young black assistant coaches that have been toiling, paying their dues. So, and it looks like that the Wizards might be adding another one shortly. So we will see. Good mm-hmm. stuff. I just like to point out piggyback on what Ed said to all our listeners out there and we consider y'all part of our post family please be very very safe Mm -hmm. this new variant is going like wildfire across the world and especially this nation and unfortunately there are a lot of people walking around these days maskless because people have let down their defenses and think that because a lot of people are fully vaccinated, that means I don't have to be, or that because I'm fully vaccinated, I still don't need my mask. You don't know who you're going to be around at any particular time, unless you have in your small circle that you know and trust the people, I still highly suggest if you're going to be out in public with people you don't know, please wear a mask, even if you're fully vaccinated, because that doesn't stop you from getting it. Again, it it only is going to stop you from getting extremely sick most of the time. We'd hate to hear that one of our listeners are one of the one to three percent that the vaccines didn't cover and we lose you. So just be safe. Sound like somebody got a flyby. <laughs> All right, we like well, to thank you all. I live by the airport, so that, that guess it's me. <laughs> so, so do I. Mine is just military, so it, it could have been me too. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. We appreciate your time and opportunity to share our positions on sports with you. Uh, please tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. and next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Monday, the boxing show, Tuesday for our normal show. We're live each and every week. If you can't catch us live, you can please download our show. We post it on our Facebook page, Positions on Sports Talk Show, our YouTube channel, Positions on Sports Talk Show. You can also go to your favorite podcast platform. Just put search Position on Sports Talk Show. We're there. We really appreciate you. If you happen to go to one of those sources, please like the show. 
uh, please join. It's free to join. We'd love to have you as a follower. So anytime we have a show, you'll get notification and we'll be able to let you know when we're coming on live because it may be a Monday. It's always going to be a Tuesday. It could be a Thursday. It could be Wednesday. It could be a Friday. If we got a hot topic we want to get out there, we're going to let you talk about it and put it out there. And if you want to hit us up and talk directly to us, you can hit us up on Facebook and also Twitter, positions on SPO1. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you next Tuesday, 7 p.m. And for you boxing fans, we'll see you Monday at 7. Talk to you next week. Have a great day. Peace. God bless.